This is Dan Myler, host of the longest-running Dynasty Fantasy Football podcast in the industry, the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Join me and my co-hosts, Ryan McDowell and Matt Price from DynastyLeagueFootball.com as we use 60-plus years of Dynasty experience to analyze news, walk through startup and team-building strategies, and highlight trade targets to keep you on top of your Dynasty League year-round. It's a different topic each week on the DLF Dynasty Podcast, but the common theme is always the same, helping you build the ultimate Dynasty roster. Join me, Dan Myler, along with Ryan McDowell and Matt Price, each week, year-round, for the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Dynasty Outhouse, and I have a trading problem. I am Rocky Pacella, and I also have a trading problem. I'm Shui, and I am joining these guys on the trading problem train. Always room for one more. <laughs> hey, everybody, and welcome to session 241 of the Trade Addicts Podcast, a member of the DLF family of podcasts, also a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network, the DAP Network, if you will. And we will. We had another injury Mageddon kind of day <laughs> on Sunday, and it was not great. But if you are in a wonderful league that does not have a trade deadline, it's not that big of a deal. But maybe we'll get into that. We'll see how it goes. Um, we have a guest on our show that has not been here before, but it is Rocky's guest, and I am lazy. So, Rocky, why don't you take it from here? Okay, yes, I guess this is my interview. Uh, so, uh, Shui, why don't you tell everybody who you are, what you do, and where they can find what you do? Yeah, so my name is Joe Shui. I usually go by Shui out here in the fantasy universe. You can find me on Twitter at Shui underscore FF. Uh, you can also find me over on YouTube with Primetime Mock Mark Shu on the Primetime Fantasy Network. Yeah, and Shuey, uh, I got to I got to meet Shuey at the expo. Great guy. Uh, also, was in my I I mentioned my fantasy football survivor league on here. Uh, had some fun with uh, him in playing in that last year. So, uh, but let's get into the interview. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, how long have you been playing fantasy? So I started playing fantasy back in like two thousand and nine. Um, oh, that is not right. Two thousand and four when I was nine. Um, a couple of my neighbors um, back with some of their with their uncles and cousins. So I was like the young guy in the neighborhood, just kind of brought older. me into play. Yeah, is another young buck. Wrestler. I'm a baby. I'm a baby. <laughs> um, but yeah, my first year, I had the first pick. I took Peyton Manning. 
and then ended okay. up with Willis McGahee and rode their back to the championship and rubbed it in their face all year round. That's back when we were drafting quarterbacks in the first round. <laughs> I'm guessing you're not doing that nowadays if it's not super flex. Absolutely not. <laughs> okay. Uh, how long have you been playing Dynasty? Um, last year was actually my first year getting into Dynasty. Um, I took over an orphan in a league with one of my old college roommates. Uh, took that over, made a ton of trades to rebuild that team because I wanted to compete, and that got me addicted. So joined a couple other startups, um, commissioned a couple other startups. Not quite up to Rocky's numbers, but I'm up to about 20 dynasties right now. Uh, I was going to ask because, yeah, that's uh, when you when you said addicted, that's pretty much how it goes. You, you, you get started there. and it goes to 10 and then it gets to 20. You'll be at 40 soon enough. Don't worry. And then wallet, you'll have to drop back down likes to 26. What, what was there, Russ? So then you have to drop back down to 26. Like, yeah. that's where I am right now. <laughs> uh, so did, what are your, uh, in your year or two of playing Dynasty, what's your best uh, Dynasty trade and, and your worst Dynasty trade? Uh, so I'll say my best trade that I've made so far um, value-wise is actually a variation of a trade that Rocky and Andrew gave me on their Junkies podcast. Um, it, I sent Carson Wentz and a 22 fourth for DeAndre Swift. Uh, it was a little bit of a beginner league. Um, a lot of the guys were playing for the first time. And the one guy had a ton of running backs and I had a ton of quarterbacks. Um, so I sent him Wentz and some junk for Swift. And that was probably my best trade. Um, I have another one that I sent um, a couple weeks ago in a league where I am no longer competing. Um, I sent Amari Cooper and Saquon Barkley in return for Brees Hall, Traylon Burks, Jahan Dotson, Malik Willis, and two twenty-three seconds. So that's one that I'm most excited about to see with the potential of the guys that I received on the back end. Um, so curious to see how that team uh, performs going into next year with some of these younger wide receivers. Yeah, I like that. And even when you – I remember you, when you telling me about that uh, trade after we, we talked about something similar on Junkies and – that that was a steal even when you did it. Like it sounds like a steal now, but he, I think it was like a year ago. Even then, Carson Wentz was not worth DeAndre Swift, yeah. and you basically got him almost straight up. Uh, but uh, what is one of your oh, worst trades? Did you say? I don't think you said a worst trade. Worst trade, right? Worst trade. Those um, are the fun ones. It actually it worked out well for me a little bit um, when it happened, but I sent Amon Ross St. Brown and a twenty-two fourth for Damian Harris last October. Um, Harris had a good end of the year last year, um, got me to the finals. Um, but right now I'm really wishing that I had a Monroe because Damian Harris is absolutely useless at this point. Yeah. And, and well, last October, it seemed Monroe was going to be fairly useless as well, but, uh, I think it was like a week or two after he had like two back-to-back big games and it was the only okay. person that was biting on it and I needed running back help bad. Yeah, it makes sense, but yeah, that doesn't that's not so hot now. Yeah, it makes sense, but you're wrong, clearly. <laughs> yeah, you need to come up with a better worst right trade, I think, because that wasn't so bad back in twenty twenty two when you made it, but or twenty twenty one when you made it. But uh what about your guiding principle in trading? My guiding principle is don't get wrapped up in trying to win a trade. I think that too many people go and being like, Oh, I wanna take it over on this guy and really destroy his team and make mine so much better. Um, But the purpose of a trade is for both sides to really get the most out of it. And it makes your negotiation so much easier. Um, Don't go in with like super low ball offers on your negotiations just to try to get the ball rolling, like give something that's meaningful. People aren't going to want to trade with you after 
you give them a bunch of crap and really overvalue your players and really lowball their players. So going with the mindset that you're trying to help both of you out and it really makes your negotiations can really go down to really a couple messages versus a couple days. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is don't be Russ. <laughs> he didn't say don't send shitty offers. So I don't, I didn't hear that. That's what he said. Don't send shitty offers. He said offers. don't try to win trade. That's you trying nah. to get more. This is that means just don't like, send shitty offers too, Russ. I did say don't send uh, super low ball offers oh, to get, yeah. uh, get the ball oh, rolling. He, he said things too nicely that didn't really comprehend in my brain <laughs> that, yeah, low ball is very different than just like straight out bad. <laughs> Why'd you send that? Honestly, I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. It didn't Russ, see, it, it doesn't seem good now. Like I can't imagine it seemed good then. Yeah, Russ and just sometimes pushes buttons. Do. Don't trade drunk. That's not, that never goes well. Oh, Russ does that on. too. That's the most boring thing. Ever. Okay, no, I don't send trades when I'm drunk, you but I will send, you say accept or reject yeah. when drunk because I'm bad at pushing buttons when sober. Trying to hit the right buttons on my phone, especially, it's not going to happen. All right, so we are moving on, and we're going to move on to. Oh man. There's so many sad things that are going on right now. But let's let's start out one with like the least sad. The Panthers waived Baker Mayfield, which I mean, I knew he wasn't really on their in their game plan, let's just say, but I would guess I was a little surprised that they waived him. Not super surprised that it was the Rams that ended up claiming him. Because even I don't know what their like their record isn't good enough to make the playoffs, is it? Like they no, yeah, they're top five right? pick right now. Exactly. Yeah. Like well, the Lions I, have a top five pick from them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's no point in them losing also. So it's like, okay, let's get a player that is better than people I can't remember their name right now. John Walford and John Walford, yeah. I don't remember the other guy's name. There's another guy. There is another guy. And so exactly. So seeing them claim him, cool, I guess. Sure. Does I mean do you care? I guess is really like because I'm trying to like word this in a way that is going to make it like an interesting question, and then I got nothing. It's just like, Shuey, do you care about Baker Mayfield on the Rams? Fantasy wise, no. Um, I do want to see Baker get an opportunity to really turn around. I mean, he got a chance to turn around in Carolina, but I mean that's also a bad team. So I don't really care about it, but I would like to see him get something out of it. Yeah, like imagine like Baker under McVay becomes awesome. I'd like. Yeah, it. I don't think that's gonna happen. <laughs> I think he's got. The, I think he's got I this. Cool, I just I, said it would be cool. I didn't say it's gonna happen. <laughs> Come on, man, let me have some fun over here. He's probably just there for the rest of the season too. Anyway, yeah, so. for sure. Yeah, yeah. So interesting to see anyway. where he goes. Do you think he starts somewhere next year, or is he um, a backup somewhere? he'll probably be a bridge or he'll be one of those guys that get brought in, in an ambiguous QB field, whereas the people are competing and it just will probably not be him, which sucks. I was such a fan of this kid coming in and then he just never, well, the, maybe, the maybe he can compete not... with Zach Wilson with the jets next year. <laughs> no, that's Mike White's team. That's Mike White's offense. Come on, man. Yeah, I guess so. And then Joe Flacco next, but like, Okay, so, like, Baker did not have a fair shot. Like, he went, what, like, four straight years with new coaches and new offensive coordinators? Like, the dude never really had a chance, but you're 
one of the best quarterbacks in the world, I guess, and people have worse situations and clearly he was part of the problem, but like that sucks. After right. yeah, I think after four years you kinda are what you are. You are what you are regardless of yeah. what the coordinators and everything are over there. I mean, but I wouldn't be sad if he walked in to be not as accurate Jimmy Garoppolo. Like let him be good enough to be a bridge in a couple of places, like Teddy Bridgewater, even though I don't think Baker will ever be that safe. But still, like just that I like I like Baker being in the league, but I'm masterfully transitioning over to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo because I so smoothly linked those two players together so I could purposely move on to say that Jimmy Garoppolo broke his foot and is out for the season. So Brock Purdy time? (laughs) I kind of thought Baker was going to end up there. Do do we have to make the uh, he was pretty good dad jokes? uh... No. (laughs) You do not. <laughs> but you did it anyway. I did. I had to now. do it. I had to do it. You didn't, but but you did. <laughs> I'm sorry, right, Shira, so, you, you, you were going to say something. Uh, so the 49ers didn't even put in um, a waiver claim for for Baker. Yeah, that, I thought I, that kind of spoke volumes in itself, that they didn't even try and get him. I mean, I think going into the season, I think they had some pretty, um, pretty good words for Purdy coming out of camp. Um, especially when Lance was struggling a little bit early um, and Jimmy G wasn't expected to be with the team. Um, I think they were ready to roll into the season with him as their QB two, and they were pretty comfortable with it. So it's not really a shock to me uh, that they're going to roll with Purdy, especially after the performance he put up against the Dolphins last week when he came in. Uh, Do you have any hesitation starting your 49ers skill position players going into what are we going into 14 now, right? Like week 14 and into the playoffs. Are you worried? Are you going to almost maybe panic trade away Debo Samuel or Brandon Ayuk or George Kittle? Or I've been trying to trade Debo for weeks. I know. No one wants him. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm not really too scared. Um, I think that Purdy, I don't think he's going to be as good as Jimmy G, but I think he's, they're going to still with that offense. They're going to run the ball, play action, and get the ball into their playmakers' hands and let them run with the ball and do what they can as playmakers. Yeah, I think I think maybe the big beneficiary might be uh, might be Christian McCaffrey because you know you don't have to go downfield to hit Christian McCaffrey. You can dump it off. You can run a little short routes with Christian McCaffrey. You can run the ball more with Christian McCaffrey. Uh, he did have a nice game this past game. I think he had like eight or nine catches this uh, past week. So, I, you know, I expect, and then now especially with Mitchell pretty much done for the rest of the regular, the fantasy season. Uh, Poor dude. I, yeah, I think I can never stay healthy. Yeah, I, I hate to call people injury prone, but if you're going to, Elijah Mitchell is super injury prone. He is not injury prone. He is just very prone to being injured. Uh, exactly. Uh, but, but yeah, so I think we're going to see a big end of season here with the McCaffrey, assuming he can stay healthy. Uh, but the rest of the guys, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't feel super confident. Uh, I mean, it's not like most of them were lighting the world on fire anyway, but yeah, I mean, Kittle did not have a great game this week. Uh, I do think that might not be too bad either. I mean, Kittle's not, you're not, I mean, obviously you can hit him up the seam and things like that, but you're not expecting him as a downfield threat either. So the tight end and the running back, uh, I think probably are the two best bets when, when a guy like Purdy comes in that, you know, you know, you can't really depend on. 
Yeah, you I guess the, the last part of this question is, would you, how panicked would you be if you had Jimmy G as your QB2, but you also had Brock Purdy on your bench? Like, do you think he has the upside to stay in there as your QB2, or are you going crazy trying to trade for another quarterback? You could say something? I, I, I was just thinking that... I think yeah, we broke Shuey. He's just... I know. I saw Rocky, le- I saw Rocky leaning, in, leaning in for the mic, and I was like, is he going to say Talk, Rocky. Uh, I was just thinking, I mean, I'm not going crazy, but I, I might try and, you know... We, I think we were talking before. I think it was before we started recording about, uh, you know, how I was trying to get Tyler Huntley from somebody in a league, or yeah. getting a real low end guy, or you know, maybe get a, pick up a Mike White, try and get someone super cheap. I, I, I uh, maybe uh, uh, or even like a, a Matt Ryan. I mean, I'm fine with something like that. Uh, I wouldn't be going crazy though. I wouldn't be super. It's not like Jimmy G was, you know, you were winning because of Jimmy G if you're a contending team. So it's kind of like you're doing what I'm, you know, what I do. Whereas if Jimmy's your QB two, you're just kind of trying to piece things together every year like I do. And you're not depending on big quarterback production anyway. So I, I feel like I'd probably, I mean, I'd obviously be looking for someone. If, if Jimmy's my QB two, your QB three is probably pretty trash. So uh, I'd, I'd probably be looking for a trade, but I, I wouldn't be super worried. No, I was going to say that I have a couple of places where I have Lamar Jackson. Uh, being a Ravens fan, I picked him in a lot of places and startups. <laughs> um, so with him being hurt now, um, kind of looking for that cheap option to fill in uh, for the next week or two, potentially. I think that Purdy will be decent enough to get some points in there in a super flex league. Um, but he's on waivers pretty much everywhere. Um, so I'm dumping whatever I have um, into Purdy if I do need a quarterback. Um, but I think I would still, for a couple game stretch, if you need if you need a better QB two, I would definitely be looking to spend some picks or some younger players on a, a better quarterback to help bridge into the playoffs. Your schedule isn't terrible going forward. I mean, Bucks past defense isn't what it used to be. Then there's Seahawks, Commanders, and Raiders. I mean, all of them are double digits not, in not points allowed. Uh, so yeah, I agree with everything you guys said. I think it would be fun. Like that would be a story to like, say you, you won the championship with Brock Purdy as, as your QB, but yeah, I, like, I think I'm with Rocky where if it has to happen, it has to happen. Chances are your team was probably, if you were my first situation where I said you lost Garoppolo, your team was probably strong enough. Otherwise, if we're talking about a Lamar Jackson replacement. Okay, that, that's a bigger deal. <laughs> so maybe you try something. But no, I don't hate the idea of rolling Brock Purdy in as my QB2. Because chances are, if you're not making a move, he has higher upside than whatever that next best player, like your 10th best player you would have to put in that last flex spot. And and like Shuey said, like, he wasn't really drafted in, in 99% of rookie drafts. Yeah. So you can just, you can, you can get him for like $50 fab or something. Just pull your fab here at the end of the season and, and you can get a fill in right there. Uh, the next item on our list, which I probably should have started with is Matt Stafford has a spinal cord contusion and is out for the season. I've seen a lot of on. Man, verified. That's the word. Cool. Awesome. Un- a lot of unverified accounts. See, no, because that makes it sound like I'm talking about Twitter accounts. No. Unverified reports that 
like this might be it for Matt Stafford. Uh, and then I see a lot of those. Nope, he's coming back as soon as he can. Oh, then why is everyone just saying stuff? Why doesn't someone find out the real answer? Then let us know. But then, you know, Twitter. Um, I guess we don't really need to really talk much more about this because we talked about the Rams situation and it's not like you're selling Matt Stafford for anything right now. And if you're going to acquire him, you're not spending much to go do it. And you're not getting anything out of the season anyway. So nope. let's move. I mean, you mentioned Lamar Jackson. Let's go to Lamar Jackson. He is week to week with a knee injury with this week being quote unquote less likely. I just really liked that quote from Harbaugh. So I, I had to like write the, put the full quote in there week to week with this week being less likely. Uh, we saw enough from Huntley. It was last year, right? Where like, I think we feel good with him going forward, right? Like if you have Lamar and you have Huntley, you're probably not doing anything crazy, right? No, no, not at all. No, I think uh, Huntley has shown that on the rushing side, um, there are times watching the Ravens games where I think he is a smarter runner than Lamar is. Um, gets out of bounds when he needs to. Um, Huntley is better than Lamar Jackson. You just heard it, everybody. No, 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 no. Don't, don't. No, no, no. You took that out of my mouth funny. I said he's a better running decision maker is, is how I would put it. Um, but, yeah, he can he definitely gets the rushing touchdowns and – Watching the Ravens game, if there's if Huntley's in the game, I want him with the ball in his hand running across the goal line. Uh, and and it uh, it could be good for Andrews too. I mean, that's we saw last year. Andrews, you know, ticked up quite a bit after Lamar got hurt last year, and Huntley came in. Uh, and it's not like they have much else there this year anyway. So uh, it's funny too. I the one I think the only league I have Huntley, and I just lost Jimmy Garoppolo, so that. That worked out pretty nicely, at least for the next couple of weeks. Uh, but yeah, I, I I agree with what he said, and that Huntley should be you know fine as a QB two option because of the running ability. And uh, yeah, and hopefully, if you're a Mark Andrews manager, uh, hopefully he can he can tick up a little bit because he he's been a little uh, he has not been great. Yes, <laughs> I mean he's been the entire focal point of defenses the last couple right. of weeks. I mean he's still putting up decent tight end numbers. Um, in premium leagues, but he's not putting up the touchdowns and the big yardage plays that he's been known to put up. Yeah, yeah I trade out too. I have Kelsey and Andrews, and we have Jerry asking for a tight end upgrade. And I've been like slowly staring at his team, like, all right, do I trade Andrews for like Derrick Henry and something else? And I'm like very thankful he doesn't have anything that makes me start drooling because I haven't sent it yet. And I probably won't now, but like I, I really for the past like week have been like, all right, do I trade Andrews away? No, because he has the ceiling. We've seen it. Maybe like one day he wakes up and you know he's magically in less pain than he's been in. Or like he remembers, right, right, right. The point is to catch the ball and bring it into the end zone. Got it. Let's go. You know, so like I've been afraid to trade him away, but the idea has been there. So like now, extra fingers crossed, we can get like a week or two of just like straight up 16 targets, like just go. Okay. So this is a weird one. I've never heard of this before, but apparently Ken Walker jammed his ankle. I saw that too. Like that's right. Like that's not a thing. (laughs) No, that is not a thing. I think there was a uh, Pete Carroll quote. They're saying that it's more so of like an inflammation um, in his foot. Um, yeah. And I guess it's painful, but not really like a fracture or like a sprain or anything. 
Yeah, I haven't been able to find anything whatsoever that actually is helpful when it comes to his injury, his timeline. Um, oh, hey, the, the Seahawks are signing veteran running back Wayne, Wayne Goldman to their practice squad. They, they can't be worried if that's what they're doing. Right? Uh, no. Side oh, note, Wayne Gallman Joy is one of my favorite name game options I ever came up with. Wayne Gallman Joy was very good. No, my <laughs> favorite you ever did was um, Celine Dion. No, was it not Celine DeAndre Swift? That, uh, that maybe one of my favorites. It was all said. Maybe this is what you're thinking of. Nikki Minaji Harris. Nikki, that was another fantastic one. <laughs> we used to do that. Again. It's been a few weeks. We shouldn't. We need to make another one. But that's that's not why we're here. Okay, so. Are you panicking if you're a Ken Walker manager? Are you going out to try and get DJ Dallas? Are you doing anything based on a guy jamming his ankle, which I still can't get over that phrase? <laughs> like, this feels like a shoot it up, tape it up, let him run kind of thing now that he's had a week rest. That's what I'm hoping because I have him in a, it, it, not the, you know, my one redraft league, my home league, I have Ken Walker and I need a win to make the playoffs and he's my RB2. So I'm hoping he did, tapes it up and, and goes out there this week. But yeah, in Dynasty, it, it, I don't think it, it doesn't sound like it's going to put him out for the season or anything. He might not play, you know, this coming week. Uh, like you, I haven't really heard anything definitive yet either, but. From a dynasty perspective, I don't think it does anything. You know, we we have we have no RB one, and I, I think Kenneth Walker is still pretty close to up there. Okay, so I pulled up MFL and the one team I have Ken Walker on analysis. Carroll called it unusual, and he's never heard of something like this before. He said it's an inflammation issue. The next step is trying to manage it this week in practice, and he can possibly play next week. So get out there, Ken. Sounds like it's just sore. Yeah, like he he yeah, he's a swollen ankle. Like he probably just like twisted his ankle and fell down. So yeah, I don't think you're making any moves based on this, right? Like this is pretty much Ken Walker's coming back, and we don't care about his backups. So yeah, and I think I even saw that like Travis Homer's banged up, and DJ Dallas everyone is got hurt like that game. Too, anyway, yeah. so yeah, it's not even like you want to go get one of those guys cheap for like a fourth for like a one week fill in because they might not play either. Might be yeah. Wayne Gallman. I think Dallas, they said he's dealing with like a high ankle issue. So that can oh, really screw anybody up. So. Yeah. All right. Well, that is our last bit of news, thankfully, because, man, that is just way too much. Um, but our next move, our guest, we always like to give the choice. Do you want to do trade addicts trades or listener questions first? Let's do trades. Cool. Trade Addicts Leagues are 12-team Superflex, PPR, tight end premium with 1.75 points per tight end reception and 0.05 points for return yardage, except for TA1, and we don't have a TA1 trade. We're actually jumping to TA3 with some of the worst luck that I've seen in a while. <laughs> <All> this, <yeah. laughs> so our good, 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 good friend Joe trades Derek Carr, a 24 third and fourth. For Jimmy Garoppolo and Hayden Hurst. <laughs> now, this was before the games, so you know we can't see the future. Um, I haven't really, honestly, seen what happened to Hayden Hurst. I watched the game, uh, the condensed game. So, like, there's no announcing in the middle; it just goes play to play to play. And I didn't mm-hmm. even see him get hurt, so I have no idea what happened. All I know is there's already he's already doubtful for next week, 
and that's fast. <laughs> so, you know, I, I'm guessing he's not playing, but yeah, the horrible luck of trying to make a playoff push and the two guys you trade for are hurt in the same week. But ignoring the injury, let's go back before. What do you think of Derek Carr for Garoppolo and Hayden Hurst? You know, I was looking at this, and even before the injury, I was like, I will. I don't think I would ever take that trade for Derek Carr. I think, I mean, Derek Carr had a slow start, and I think the last couple of weeks in four-point league, four-point touchdown leagues, he's put up 20-plus points the last, like, four or five games. Uh, I think he's been one of the hotter, more consistent quarterbacks over the last couple of weeks. I think that offense is starting to roll again, um, kind of doing what we expected them to do um, in the offseason. Um, but I still think I would definitely lean Carr in the picks, um, especially on a contending team going into the playoffs here. Uh, in trade addict scoring ever since week nine, 20.9, 20.4, 23.3, 25.75, and 19.5. Yeah, I'm I'm with Shuey. I mean, I I I mean Hayden Hurst is having a, a a decent season in premium leagues. He's you know mostly double digits. Uh, it was also very helpful that Chase wasn't playing for most of the season. That's true. I say most but, of the season. It was like four or five games. It just felt yeah. Like <laughs> uh, but I mean, I kind of feel like at worst Derek Carr is like a a rich man's Jimmy Garoppolo anyway. So. <laughs> Um, even like to the point where like he might not start for the Raiders next year, but I think both guys are starting quarterbacks in the league next year. So I'd, I'd personally rather have Carr over Garoppolo. I think Carr does provide a little more upside than Garoppolo, uh, whatever team. I mean, really Garoppolo should have a ton of upside on the team he's on and he doesn't really. So he's got a lot of weapons there and it's not like we are seeing him be great. So I, I think if anything, Carr has more upside going forward. I don't think either one's considerably different in age. I think they're both around 30. So I, I prefer Carr over Garoppolo, and, and the Hurst part is not enough to change anything for me. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that. I mean, I don't think it's a bad trade. No. I think the value's fair enough as it is, but, yeah, I think I just ride with Carr. Um, and, well, I guess we'll see. I have – Tight end issues, but we'll see later. Next, we move on to Trade Addicts 5, where I traded Isaiah Pacheco for Khalil Herbert and a 24 second. And I today, like I just said, I watched the Bengals Chiefs game and Pacheco looked better this game than to me he has. Not talking scoring wise, yeah, it was nice that he scored a touchdown, but just running wise, I thought, like, I kind of regret this trade a little bit now don't get me wrong this is a completely real rebuilding team so i didn't really care about the running back points so i like the 24 second i like getting khalil herbert back sometime next season but now i feel like maybe i should have held on to pacheco of course i know that's this is why i never look back at trades because i do way too many things and regret too many things but what do you guys think pacheco for a 24 second and a dart throw of khalil herbert I'd, I I think I'd rather have Pacheco, but that is with the benefit of knowing what happened this game. Uh, I, I liked, I, I'm trying to get a 23 second for him if I'm selling him. Uh, 
I have him in TA6. I, I really need to move him there. Somehow I am practically on the verge of making the playoffs if you lose this week. Uh, yeah. And I win. It's all because <laughs> you decided to beat me last week. If you would have <laughs> lost like you were supposed to. I thought that team was horrible coming into the season. It's like six and seven, and I keep freaking winning. It's annoying me. Uh, but uh, I, I have too many running backs on that team. Uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to move them, and nobody nobody wants to buy them. But but yeah, I, I'm fine moving them for a 23 second. I, I I like Khalil Herbert though too, so I don't think the value is too far off, especially before he had a 20 point game this week. Uh, Pacheco, yeah. uh, Herbert, you know, could be the Bears starter next year. Uh, you know, Montgomery's not signed. I kind of feel they're going to sign or draft somebody, but. Yeah. But he could be – he was already showing uh, he was more involved this year with Montgomery. And unless they get, like, a, a big-time stud, like, uh, you know, I, they're not going to get – I don't think they're going to probably end up getting Bijan. But if they, if they get maybe the RB2 or RB3 in this year's draft, then maybe Khalil Herbert becomes I really relevant. really hope Jameer Gibbs does not get wasted in Chicago. Yeah. So I, I'm not sure that's going to happen because they, they have other needs there. They, they need wide receiver way more than they need running back, for instance. Uh, but, and I'm sure, you know, other uh, spots, uh, you know, the offensive line, things like that. But uh, so I think Khalil Herbert has, I think we've kind of forgotten about him a little bit because he was actually playing pretty well before he got yeah. hurt. Uh, so I, I think it's fair. Uh, I, I would just, I would love if I could get a 23 second, but since you got Herbert, I think it's fair. The 24 is fine. Yeah, I think it's definitely a fair value right now. Um, for me, I would definitely lean the Herbert and 24 second in a in a rebuild type situation. Um, curious to see what happens with the 24 draft class now that um, Ute has returned to school. Yeah, that was a shame. Yeah, he, he must be making millions over there. And I think that's going to be another thing we see with the NIL deals is that kids choose to stay and play out their whole careers there and then go to the NFL. So we'll see what happens there. But I do like the picking up Herbert there. Uh, I think he does have a good chance of being the starting running back next year if they let Montgomery walk. And I think that 24 second could bring you some value. I mean, if you look at what where you got Pacheco, you either got him in the fourth round of rookie drafts or you picked him up off waivers. So when you're getting a a good return on investment there with the uh, second round pick. Yeah, that's kind of what I felt. And mm-hmm. I got to be honest, like I like if it was right now, I probably would have just held on to him or waited for a better deal. But before last week, like he just, mm, it was good. No, I'm not going to dwell on it. It was a good trade at the time. And that's all I can. It's my story and I'm sticking to yeah. it. I like it. Whew. Okay. The next one, you know, I said before that I had tight end troubles and this was one of them. I unfortunately have a competing team where my starting tight end is Jelani Woods. And Jelani Woods has a bye this week. And I still need to win to keep my spot in the playoffs. So I traded Jelani Woods for Gerald Everett. I love it. I I absolutely love it. See, here's my thing. Like, I like that team a lot. And I was... I was helped by a lot of other teams having injuries. So like, I think my team is one of the better teams. So I liked the idea of having Jelani Woods as my tight end because he seems like the kind of guy that will randomly just catch three touchdowns a game. It may be three catches for six yards and three touchdowns, but it also might be one catch for 32 yards. I mean, but like he has that weird 
double digit upside that not many do. And honestly, I don't think Gerald Everett has that much upside, but he feels like a steady 10 to 12 points, which is more than enough for me to make that switch. Even though I do like Woods, it felt made me it makes me feel safer to be putting out Gerald Everett, especially this week when I literally didn't have a tight end I could start because the rest of my tight ends are either hurt or also have a 14 by week. Yeah. You know, go ahead. You can go ahead. <laughs> now, see, I'm, a, I'm a big uh, Gerald Everett fan. I was a big fan of him when he was on the Rams. Um, and then he was with Seattle last year. And Pete Carroll said he's one of the most freakishly athletic tight ends he's ever seen. Um, but yeah, now he's over in with the, is he back with the, he's with the Chargers now, right? He's Chargers, yeah. 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 With, uh, with Mike Williams, um, being with Mike Williams being hurt during the year, Keenan being hurt during the year, I think that benefited Everett a little bit earlier in the season. Oh, yeah. um, I think now they're getting kind of back to full strength with Williams coming back. Um, but I still think that Herbert likes throwing to his tight end. Um, he's definitely Everett is a red zone threat. Um, he might get you like four for 40 or like three for 30 and maybe throw a touchdown there every once in a while. But I mean, with the premium scoring, I think that Everett is a better pick to help you get through the playoffs than Woods. Yeah, I'm with, strong feelings, Rock. Yeah, I'm with I'm with you, and then I'm kind of an Everett stan. I've been holding him for years and leagues. <laughs> um, uh, I'm actually trying he was to gonna be right. McVay's Jordan Reed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, and then when he went to Seattle, I got all hyped mm-hmm. up, and oh yeah, he's gonna you know Russell Wilson's fault. gonna make him a thing. No. Uh, but he, but he is a little bit of a thing this year. I mean, I was uh, looking at in trade addict scoring. He's he's tight end nine, and he's got okay. yeah double digits every week, but two. So exactly. that's really what I did. Like he's safe, and that with the rest of my team being what it is, and the injuries on a couple of other teams, like I felt okay playing completely safe at tight end and. Yeah, two weeks he was under six points. Every other week between – well, he had one 20-point game. Every other week he's like uh, between 10.8 and 16.75. He's like super steady, So, uh, especially with the 1.75. So, yeah, I, I would I would easily send uh, some – and I, just, I was looking it up, like I said, I have – 13 Gerald Everett shares. <laughs> I, I am a big Gerald Everett guy. And he, he is. He's super – I, I throw him in a starting line, at least eight starting lineups probably every week. So Because I play in mostly 10 and premium leagues, and he gets double digits for you all the time. All right, we now jump over to Trade Addicts 10, where we have a trade of Daniel Jones and David Njoku for David Bell and TJ Hawkinson. Clearly the David Bell side, right, Rocky? <laughs> Uh, yes, clearly. Clearly. Uh, also, the the TJ Hawkinson side. I, he, he hasn't maybe been quite as good the last game or two after coming over from the Vikings when he got off to a bit of a hot start. But and Joker still hasn't played since, since that injury yet, right? He has not. Yeah. And Daniel, I don't know how to value Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is a mystery to me. He's starting next year. He has to. Maybe not in the Giants. Like I think he played well enough to keep his job. I really do think he played well enough to get a contract with the Giants. I also think it won't need to be the highest paid player in the NFL. Like, And I think the Giants will be happy about that because you can get that guy to like a three-year contract with an out in year three. 
So it's really just a two-year contract, and like that's how you build your team. So like I, I f- can firmly believe that being a possibility. But also, if he does walk, he can start and like him in New Orleans is so much better than Andy Dalton or Jameis Winston. When if Tom Brady leaves, him in Tampa would be awesome for me. Like I think that's a perfect fit. So I I firmly believe Daniel Jones is a starter next season. I think you're probably right, and he actually this shocks me. He he's actually this isn't points per game. This is total points, but he's actually QB ten. He's still trade out scoring. Yeah, really well this year. I I knew he was doing decent. I didn't know it was that well. It's fifteen in points per game, uh, but that also includes Mike White. So really fourteen in points per game, uh, which is better than I thought. Uh, I still think of him as, in real life as as basically league, at least as a passer, especially as league average. He's basically replacement level. Uh, oh, as a passer, that, for sure. He's not. Yeah, and he helps it helps in fantasy because he runs the ball. So from a real life perspective, I kind of love that he might end up with the Giants for the next three years because they, they've accidentally won too many games this year and they got to keep him because uh, as an Eagles fan, I. I, I want to keep seeing Daniel Jones play on my team every year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but from a fantasy perspective, no, I might actually lean the Daniel Jones side as I look at this, just because what you said, he's he's going to start next year. We love David Bell, but it is not it is not it's looking. Not it's not. Yeah, if it, it's when you struggle, do this it's bad in your yeah. first year, that the odds are severely stacked against you historically. Yeah. Uh, so it, it almost comes down to Jones and Joku for Hawkinson because I I have trouble believing we're ever going to see significant stuff from Bell at this point. But do you think after year six, Joku finally put it all together? No, but he has been better than he has been in most seasons when he was healthy. And I just I just think the two of them together is worth TJ Hawkinson probably, given what we just said about Jones, given where he is this year in scoring, given that he's probably going to start at least next year. And like you said, he could get him. He's probably going to get a multi-year contract from either the Giants or somebody else. It's, oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So just for that reason, I probably – I think – as much as I love Hawkinson, you know, we, we've also kind of admitted to ourselves he's never going to be that elite tier of tight end like we he thought before is last year. tight end four in points per game right now, though. He is, but he's tight end four, you know, which is probably closer to tight end 12 than it is to tight end one. So No one is close to Kels. I think he's got like a 150-point gap between him and Andrews at one, <laughs> two. And I think like two through six are like that close to each other. Um. Well, points per game wise, it is a seven point five per game difference between Kelsey and Andrews, and then one point seven between Andrews and Goddard. Um, in regular, just straight up points, it is about one hundred and eight in between Kelsey and Andrews, and then fifty between Andrews and Goddard. Oh wait, no, hold on, I have to resort, and then. 10 between Andrews and Hawkinson because Hawkinson is tight end three in overall points. And in points per game, the difference between Njoku and Hawkinson is 1.4. So, so uh, yeah, I just think 
strangely enough, Daniel Jones is a big enough difference maker there to me that I I am fine uh, with the the Daniel Jones and Njoku side if I'm moving Hawkinson Bell. I think so too. I I like Hawkinson on the Vikings. I, I don't believe he's had a game below six targets. He had games up at nine. So it really comes down to how you know how many of those catches and if he can score a touchdown, but that's really every tight end. So uh, yeah, I the more you make me talk about it and I think it's the same thing happened to you. Yeah. The more you talk exactly. about it, the more it starts to feel like Daniel Jones is the right way to go. And that is such a weird thing to say in twenty twenty two. Is um the guy that's getting Daniel Jones, uh do they have quarterback issues on their team? Mm. <laughs> Uh, I think uh, I, I think the guy. Point. Yeah, I don't remember. I think the guy trading Daniel Jones is rebuilding or something, but I don't remember. I think that's why he took Bell and Hawkinson. Okay, yeah. If he's rebuilding, then that's. I think that's a that's a good return to get for Daniel Jones. But I also think that what you're giving there for Daniel Jones is great if you're trying to make a push and you need that quarterback uh, to make that make that push there if you're dealing with injuries. Speaking of something you said earlier, Russ, about strange things to say in 2022, the guy that uh, that I think one of the guys that was involved with this trade actually says on the media today, he's like, "Are you are you giving uh, Najee Harris for Geno Smith?" And the fact that that's not insane, <laughs> you know, the fact that it's not crazy is crazy. Like, <laughs> like it's it's I'm not giving Najee Harris for Geno Smith, but it's not out. It's not ridiculous like Gino Smith is scoring a lot of points and has a yeah. very good schedule for the next few weeks yeah like, that, I would I not be like surprised that. to see him on championship rosters and that's what I said to him the fact that that's not crazy is actually crazy <laughs> he was my favorite QB3 pick late in drafts uh or in startups this for for going into this year yeah, so I have him started, in a lot of places haven't they started talking extension with him even or something I wouldn't be surprised. The out there, yeah. I think yeah. he's definitely he's he's earned a starting spot next year on that team. I had he was one of my most owned players because when Russell Wilson got hurt, I maxed out my fab on him. Of course, Russell Wilson missed like a game, and owning Gio, having Geno Smith on my teams got me absolutely nowhere. Worked out pretty good for me this year. Yeah, well, I mean, what are the odds you could have gotten that Geno Smith was going to be like ten times better than Russell Wilson this year? <laughs> you know what? After that, I need something to make me happy. Sleeper, trade of the week. Sleeper, trade of the week. We're going to talk about a trade addict's trade, and it's sponsored by the Sleeper app. <sighs> I feel better now. All right, here we go. Our trade of the week is also a trade addict's 10, and it is a big boy trade. It is Devontae Adams and DeAndre Hopkins for, now get ready for this, Brandon Ayuk, Michael Pittman, Allen Robinson, Mike Williams, and a 23 second. I'm going to say that one more time so all of you have time to process that one. Devontae Adams and DeAndre Hopkins for Brandon Ayuk, Michael Pittman, Allen Robinson, Mike Williams, and a 23 second. Okay, so this was me. And I, I will walk you through what happened. I was talking to my dear, dear friend, John Bosch, and we were talking about Trade Addicts 10, and he realized he had 
almost no chance to make the playoffs. For him to make the playoffs, two people have to lose. He has to win and outscore those two people by about 70-something points each. So he accepted that he was going to not make the playoffs. So I'm like, all right, well, you know, you could trade me Devontae Adams. And he's like, no. And I'm like, <laughs> Pittman in a second for Adams. And he goes, oh, you're serious. And I'm like, I was I not? Like, <laughs> what? No. And then we went back and forth a lot. And he started to get cold feet about trading away Adams. And he sends me Mike Williams in a second. Well, he sends me an offer for me to send him Mike Williams in a second for Hopkins. And I'm like, Mm, but I don't want Adams now that we started talking about this. So I sent him back. Oh, I forgot. So I sent two offers to him, Pittman and a second for Adams. And then Ayuk and a second for Adams. And then he sends me Hopkins for Williams and a second. Now you will realize every single thing I just listed is in this trade <laughs> because I took a step back and I'm like, hold on, John, I have an idea. And I sent him, Ayuk, Pittman, Mike Williams in a second for Devontae Adams and DeAndre Hopkins. And he's just like, let me look at your team. Oh, great. Allen Robinson. You'll never part with him. I'm like, if me giving you Allen Robinson makes this deal go through, I will do it right now. And he's just like, who are you? And I'm like, I'm a guy that wants to win. <laughs> and then also, we uh, Allen Robinson's on IR and it's like 29. So. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm like, I'm a huge Allen Robinson fan. And I laughed because I made, I like made manly talk things and that's just not at all who I am. So I'm, honestly, I have no, like, like, I feel like this was a good move. I feel like this was a good move, even giving up Mike Williams, who probably is valued. Well, Allen Robinson, like I gave up a lot of players I like. So I really think this is like biasing my answer, even though I'm still happy with what I got. But I don't think I gave up too much. Like, I feel like I did not give up too much. What do you think, Chewie? I think it might have been a slight overpay, but sometimes to get the guys that you want and get the guys that you need, you have to do that to sweeten the deal, especially if those guys – I think Adams and Hopkins are better than all of those guys for you right now to win. And if right now you need to win, then that's what you have to do. So I I like that trade for, um, for you being a contender to make that final push through the playoffs. Oh, and I do believe this is more than, like, I still think DeAndre Hopkins is going to be good next year, and I still think Devontae Adams is going to be great next year, especially if they do rework Carr's contract instead of just cutting him. There's no reason for this to not be the exact same thing. So, like, and John agrees, too. So we both believe this is more than just a five-game for me. Trade. Oh, yeah, Definitely. Yeah, and I, 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 I'm not even sure it was that much of an overpay. It's funny. I was looking to see where these guys fit in scoring wise, and in trade addicts, points per game, Pittman, Ayuk, Williams are 24, 25, 26, back to back to back. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're all within uh, a, uh within point two points of each other, uh, and and you know Mike Williams is is older than the other two, and and I think at this point his career is what he is. Uh, he's going to have boom weeks. He's going to have crappy weeks. And Ayuk and Pittman, Ayuk, I don't think he's ever going to be what people hope he can be. I think he he's kind of 
it, Mike Williams ish in a way, I guess. He's gonna have some boom weeks and he's he's gonna have weeks where he has two catches for, for twenty two yards or something like that. Uh and you're it's gonna be hard to depend on him. Pittman I I had higher hopes for. I still think if he gets a real quarterback, I mean he actually produced with Wentz last year, uh, who was, you know, not that great from a real life perspective. Uh and, better though. What was that? The offense was running better. Yeah, it was. Which meant that uh, they were throwing, you know, once it was getting a lot of touchdowns, which helped his fantasy production. Uh, but uh, so Pittman's the only one I really care about losing in that deal. And, and you're getting a ton of points in, in Adams and Hopkins. Hop- Hopkins has been way better than I expected this year. I, I kind of talked down Hopkins in, in the non-point scoring season because uh, last year he was a lot more dependent on touchdowns, but he's kind of become the target monster again that he wasn't really last year. And and like you said, I, I I have more doubts about Hopkins next year than Adams, but I still think they're both going to be viable next year. Yeah. Whew, all right. Well, that is our trade of the week brought to you by Sleeper Fantasy, the fastest growing fantasy football platform in the world. Join a new dynasty league or migrate yours to their platform and enjoy how easy they make it to manage all your leagues in one place. Join millions of players today on Sleeper, the number one fantasy football platform. Download the app today to get started. And that also did happen to be our last trade. So we are moving on to listener questions. This one was so interesting. I, this one actually got DM to me. So it's strategy slash ethics question time for this year. Hold on, because I feel like a jerk because I didn't write down who this person was. Um, at dynasty underscore follows. Uh, now I have to click back. There you go. Scenario. Draft order for your non-playoff teams is determined by potential points. As it should be. <laughs> Moving on. You have <laughs> the most fab in the guy. league. I know. You have the most fab in the league. The trade deadline has passed, so no one can trade for more fab. You are neck and neck with another player for the 101, so you do not want to score like any points. So here's the question. Do you drop your highest potential scorer right before the game start to avoid their points counting for your team knowing that you are guaranteed to pick them up on the next waiver run. That's an interesting question. Side note, I'm not going to do this, but it's just how my mind works sometimes. Plus, I'm the commish, so I think it would be a bad look. Fair or foul? And in this instance, we're talking about DK Metcalf. So I have, okay, I am a commish of many, many leagues. This is brilliant and you I should was gonna say i love this <laughs> there is literally nothing against the rules that you are doing right now no like this is brilliant this is how you game the system and i this would never even, even think of that this isn't even loopholes this is literally you looking at the landscape and taking advantage of it i like I would probably still be too chicken that something would go wrong and I would not get TK Metcalf back somehow. You would though. I know, but this, this is me. I'm a very special man, you know, but like, yes, honestly, I think this is complete. Not, it's not fair. It's brilliant. It is to me. The only, the only issue is the one thing he says in here, which is that he's the commission that, that that does make it a little more shaky for me. Because people, there's going to, you know, there's going to be one guy that's going to be pissed about it. And like, I also wonder, like, is how much is really losing one week of DK Metcalf going to 
affect your potential points. Yeah, he puts up 20, 30 points. That's if you're neck and Sometimes neck, he does. Sometimes he puts up eight. <laughs> Again, but if you are telling me that there's a 100% chance True. I you're going to get, him, get back. him back and there is a non-zero chance that his points lose me the 101. But yeah, seriously, I mean, like that's the I, only I, issue with me is that I would be hesitant too because I'm the commission about someone's going to bitch about it and you're going to have to deal with that. But I agree. I would I even say really show me where in these rules that this looks shady. You did not use your commission powers for anything. No. Within the rules that they can't trade for more fab, within the rules that he goes on waivers, it's within rules that we do waivers through fab. Like, there was, to me, there was literally zero wrong with this. High five for the idea. Like, that's great. And don't get me wrong, I, I would be screaming also, but just because I couldn't do it and because I was angry at how good of an idea someone had, kind of like I'm doing right now. <laughs> but also, get rid of your. Trade deadline. That too. Any <laughs> thoughts, Joey? Um, yeah, no, I think that it's it's a really smart um, something that I would be too chicken to do. Um, <laughs> I'd be setting alarms on my phone to make sure that I put that <laughs> into uh, my waivers. Could you imagine if you forgot to do waivers in that league? <laughs> I mean, like, I'm bad enough at like checking waivers. Like, I mean, doing waivers during the week is a different thing. Like, I picked up the Washington defense in a tournament league uh, a couple of weeks ago. And then the waivers ran Sunday morning. I went to the Ravens game and then I forgot to set that one lineup. Um, <laughs> I set them all the night before, check them in the morning, but like the waivers ran at like noon and I lost by 16 points. Washington scored 22. Oh. And then I didn't advance to the playoffs uh, this week. Um, I missed out by one game and like a couple like, 10 points or something based off like the points for. So me, myself, I, I wouldn't do it because I knew that I would miss the waiver opportunity to do it or didn't want to have the extra stress of doing that. Um, as a commission, I probably wouldn't do it because the leagues I commission are with all my buddies and those leagues are usually higher emotions. But higher. That's when you do it, you show how much smarter you are than your friends. Yeah. I actually didn't think of that though. But in forty leagues, I many weeks do not do waivers, and oh, even I if I want to, mostly. I forget to hit leagues and things like that. I'd be scared to death that oh, I would like, forget to do waivers. Especially like if you have players on waivers for X amount after being dropped, you hit the drop button and then you do the ad right after. Yeah, you do it right then so you don't forget. Yeah, or like at one o, you know, waivers lock at one o'clock at one. Drop them right at game. Drop them right at game time, and then yeah. put your waiver in to pick them up. Yeah, that's like, probably what I would do if I would do that. But I don't know. I try not to do anything in any leagues that can cause a rift or cause people to put their hands up and have some type of issue. Um, I've seen my home league have too many people leave and complain about the commissioner doing crazy things. So. I personally would avoid it, but if I saw somebody else do it, I would applaud them. See, yeah. like it's it's like I get one thousand percent when you guys are saying, and in most cases, if it's if you as the commission discover a loophole in your rules, that's different. You don't do it; you plug the hole. Like that, that's one thing. But this isn't a loophole. This is strategy brilliant <laughs> yeah like i'm trying to find a different word and not just say brilliant over and over again but that's what it is like i see zero problem with this you are not breaking any rule whatsoever you're not bending any rule whatsoever 
Like anybody is allowed to drop any player they want whenever they, well, short of being locked, but like you're allowed to drop a player that we, that player goes to waivers. Now, if you screw up and you don't get him back, I mean, I was about to say, you don't get to cry about it. Oh no, you will do plenty of crying, <laughs> but you don't get, you don't get DK back. Like that, that's yeah. just part of the game. But yeah, like I, I, get it like as a commission you don't want to be that guy but this this isn't that to me like to me this is fine yeah i get what you're saying it's not really exploiting something that that was screwed up in the rules it's just coming up with a brilliant outside of the box idea and executing it exactly I, I saw that and I'm like, oh god, we are talking about this. That is, <laughs> it wow, is great! I've never heard of that. I've never thought of that before, but it is it is great. Yeah, but also sure. get get rid of your trade deadline. <laughs> I'm sharing that with my uh, my group chat of dynasty buddies that are also commissioners. I've thrown that in there to yeah. see what what they think. It's an ethics question of the day. That, that's the only issue with it is 95 percent of the leagues I'm in don't have a. Ch- Tree deadline, so you couldn't pull this off. Yeah, you couldn't do something like this. Exactly. Or you, you know, you couldn't do it with no risk. Someone could trade for more fab. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to our next slash last question at FF Tommy B. I hate this. When you hear a player is quote unquote not available to trade, do you still go after them? If so, how far above market value do you push? And then also at the end of question, I asked. Who is your favorite all-time football player and what is your favorite football snack? He says, Greg Jones was my spirit animal and hot dogs with mustard, onions, and relish in cheap seat is bliss. <laughs> Seriously, hot dogs at football games is just... Uh, and They hit different. Yeah, and, and I will say I am the child that still puts ketchup on hot dogs, but like I put lots of things, not just ketchup. <sighs> ketchup on hot dogs. Like I do ketchup, mustard, sauerkraut, or it's or sauerkraut or onions. I don't like relish. I don't like pickles. So, but like, yeah, I do ketchup and mustard on my hot dogs because I'm just now I'm the one with the palate of a child, Rocky. I'm the palate of a child. So I only put mustard on my hot dogs. Oh, uh, okay. Well, let's get to the real <laughs> question. Um, I just hate the idea that a player is not available for trade. So, what do you feel about this, Chewy? When you hear a player is not available for trade, do you still try? And if so, how hard do you try? No, honestly, if someone says that this person's not available for a trade, it's not worth my time or effort to really even try to get the guy because even if they say that, they're going to want above and beyond whatever a normal trade is going to be for that guy. And I'd, I'm not even going to entertain it. I mean, I kind of agree. I, I I might just for fun try and see if I can get them, but yeah. I, I'm not I'm not a guy who likes to generally overpay anyway. Even you know, in a normal sort of overpay, get your guy kind of situation, I don't really like to do that. And, and like he said, I think this is going to be like you're going to have to pay like you know, if a guy says he's not available for trade, you're going to probably have to pay like one you know, one in 1.75 to two times value of what he actually should be to get him off that guy who doesn't want to trade him. So I I have no interest in doing that, no matter how much I like the player, you know, my, you know, favorite player in the league. I, I, I'm not overpaying by a ton. So what I always do, I say always, I've done this like twice, you know, someone says, Oh, I'm not trading that player. That player is not leaving my team. So what I'll do is I will send a trade of like my two best, best players on my team. 
like Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen for this guy wouldn't trade me T Higgins. And then the second you hit send, you hit revoke. Oh, sorry, you didn't want you wouldn't give up T Higgins, so <laughs> never mind. I won't give you Josh Allen and Justin Herbert. Sorry, never mind. Like I'd be too scared to do that too. <laughs> I, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, but like listen to people's like if someone's willing to like extremely overpay like why not see what someone's willing to send before saying no yeah that's like, the again, thing. no one should ever yeah, one lead and t higgins is your favorite player and you just really 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 want him on your one team sure don't trade him away but even still if someone is willing to give up Patrick Mahomes to go get T Higgins, you should probably pay attention to that. Like it's, it's just going out and saying this person's not available for trade is bad strategy. Yeah. No one should ever not be available. I, and I, I don't think I've ever said that, that this guy is not, my, I always say everyone on my team is available. It just depends on what you're willing to send me. So exactly. Like, you know, some players will cost more than you think they should, <laughs> you know? Yes. Yeah, so yeah. I'm, I'm in the same boat where, I don't tell people straight like, oh, like I'm not going to trade him. But there are some guys that I'm a little bit higher on than most other people. So I tell him like, hey, like he's going to be available, but I like him a little bit more. So you're going to pay a little bit more. Like one of those guys for me is DJ Moore. Um, And he's really kind of fallen off. Um, I went to University of Maryland. So I got to watch him play there for all three years that he was there. And he's one of those guys that like, he's one of my guys. He sits there. Get older. (laughs) Yeah, not you. Everybody knows I'm a I'm a DJ Moore uh, yeah. guy myself, so I, I'm right with you there. Man, I went to college my freshman year in Westchester University in Pennsylvania, and they were like the bottom division of college football. But for some reason, they played Delaware, and at the time, the game ended up being the biggest deficit in NCAA history. <laughs> but I got I was on Sports Center um, because I was in the marching band, and at one point, they like they sh- camera. Sh- across the front row when I was in the front row and they made some joke like they might as well have just left the marching band out on the field because you know we played before the show and then I'm like wait did I see Joe Flacco nope that was still way after I was in college I was, getting oh, to say, I was that pre-Joe Flacco or during Flacco? <laughs> like I, I whoever was the Delaware quarterback in 2000 that's who I saw play so yes I came back later that year and saw the Ravens win the Super Bowl. It was just not with Joe Flacco then. <laughs> but that is the end of the show sheet. So that's going to be the end of our show. Thank you, Shuey, for coming on. Why don't you remind everyone who you are, what you do, and where they can find what you do? Yeah, absolutely. And thanks again for having me, guys. I know it's been a couple of weeks in the works to get this to happen. <laughs> um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Shuey underscore FF. And you can find me on YouTube at Primetime Fantasy Network along with uh, Primetime Mark Makshu. All right, and our stuff, patreon.com slash pod. You can watch us as we record and still week every single week. I will be dancing to that Sleeper Trade of the Week song. And also pop in in the chat, give us some things to talk about, give us some questions, say how great of a dancer I am, whatever. And there's also the Cool Kids Club, the awesome group me chat. And then ffpodshirts.storeenvy.com. It's Scott Fishbowl Playoffs. If you don't have your Scott Fishbowl merch yet, you go get it. Every single penny goes to Fantasy Cares. And I actually got to do my shopping last week. And it was just like one of the coolest things ever. First of all, getting escorted around by Marines felt very, very cool. 
because Toys for Tots is done through the Marines. But yeah, getting to just like fill ten or so carts overflowing with toys and that's nice. Yeah, it was it was so cool. The pictures are on my Twitter somewhere. Um, and, and you but, had yeah. more time because you didn't have to worry about your Scott Fishball team. Yeah, I did not have to worry about that. <laughs> my lineup, and I still get sad every week because <laughs> it is not good. Are you? Are you in the play? Are you in, were you yeah. in Shuey in Scott oh, Fishball? I missed the playoff line by thirty points. Uh, I missed the playoff line probably by a few hundred. I, I, <laughs> I was not good. My team was very, very bad. Though I do have Mike Badgley on my team, who scored like twenty-seven points this week. Yeah, I had, wow. had Zerline score twenty six for me, and I, I, I'm still alive. Go, I'm going to be playing this week, but it, I, I'm hoping the Bipocalypse catches up with this a whole bunch of other teams too, because I'm it's not helping me. I got Kamara and Alave were both off this yeah, week. Kamara wasn't helping anyone. <laughs> True, Brian Robinson, who could have been a fill in, is off this week. Joe Mixon might not play this week again. I think he's uh he's about to clear uh, protocol. He has to, he's officially clear. I knew. Or he's, he or he's about to clear it. Yeah. He's going to clear it this week before the game. I hope I so, because I need him this week. <laughs> okay. Well, that's it, everybody. Thank you for coming along. Chewy, thank you for hopping on. I hope you had fun. I'm glad you don't have a migraine this week, because I've missed many a podcast because of migraines. It sucks. But on that note, night, everybody. Thank Thank you for listening to the Great Attic Podcast, a member of the DLS family of podcasts, and a proud member in the Dicey Attic Podcast Network. Please follow your hosts at Dynasty and at Dynasty FS Attic. Please subscribe, rate, and review. We will catch you next time. On the trade attic podcast. Poopy pants. That is the best. <laughs> <laughs> See ya.